BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, it's Monique. Welcome to episode 93 of the Brown Vegan Podcast. And with this podcast, I love to show veganism from a practical perspective so that I can inspire other people to start their journeys. And I also love to sprinkle in overall wellness and vegan entrepreneurship because this is truly a lifestyle. It's so much more than food. And yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to the show. I hope all is well in your world. I am getting it together over here, (laughs) trying to get my life, okay, because this episode took so much energy to put together. Oh, my goodness. I'm excited for you to listen to it, but man, oh, man, (laughs) it has, like, tested my patience, and it's so funny because you would think that, you know, doing a podcast is just as simple as doing interviews and quick edits and you're done, but no, there is so much behind the scenes that go on that I rarely talk about. And I just want to spend a second to talk about all of the things that have happened in the last, I would say, 48 hours with this podcast. Shauna and I originally recorded the podcast in December. And we're talking about Instagram and how to grow your vegan account on Instagram and just all her strategies. And so the conversation was good. It was pretty good. However, she came out with a course on Instagram since then. And I said, you know what, Shauna, I think you should come on and promote your course. And I think that we will go more in depth of what to do to grow your following on Instagram, because I feel like the first time it was kind of more like general tips. And I was like, you know what, come back on. We'll go ahead. We'll re-record the episode and we'll put that out instead of you actually showing more in-depth you know sharing more in-depth tips the other day what was it the day before yesterday no yesterday so yesterday morning or afternoon shauna left work early and we're like okay we'll go ahead and just re-record it right we get on the uh the software we have some technical difficulties because i updated my computer the night before and it wasn't recognizing my software apple and their games man apple stay playing games when it comes to an update So it didn't recognize the software. So we started using something else. And then we were having like tech issues with that. And then when we finally figured all of that out, we're midway through recording and the electricity goes out. (laughs) My God, the electricity goes out on my street. So it's out for about 15 minutes and then it comes back on and I'm like, okay, we're good. And then it goes back out and then it like flickers. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm never going to finish this podcast. What is going on? So after that, we finally get everything together. We get back on the phone. This is like 
at this point, it's probably like an hour, an hour and a half later, right? I'm just so frustrated because I'm like, I have to get this episode out today. We were supposed to have everything all done. I'm just like so annoyed, right? So we get back on the phone. We start doing the interview again. And guess what? Shauna's battery goes dead on her laptop and she doesn't have a charger. <laughs> I'm just like, oh my God. Okay, so we're like texting each other back and forth fine i said let's go ahead and just take some time we'll go get our kids situated and then at nine o'clock we'll get back on and at this time uh, my electricity continued to flicker so i was like a little nervous to to record at home because i was like okay i don't know what's going on so i went to another location to record everything is set up we test it it's all fine we're like okay finally this is all good so we record the episode everything is going so well I'm like yes I'm so excited it won't take me long at all to edit this I feel like we just you know went right through it was flowing so nicely I'm so excited to finally have you on the show y'all I get home and I was like okay let me just go ahead and edit you know the first edit tonight i'll go ahead and edit now and then in tomorrow i'll go ahead and add all of the things that i need to add to the episode and then listen to it one more time and then we'll go about our business everything will be good right i listened <laughs> to the episode and you can't hear shauna at all all you hear is me <laughs> my god so after all of that we still what we, the interview still couldn't be done it still wasn't done like, it sounds like she's really, really, really far away, but you can't make out anything she's saying. And it wasn't even like I would be able to just send it to my editor and have them fix it or anything. No, I mean, there was no way to come back from that. The only thing I could think of is that we would re-record this thing again. And at this point, Shauna was open to it, but I was mentally exhausted. I said, I don't know what else to do. Let me go take a shower. Let me go watch some funny videos on YouTube. Let me get it together because I was so ready to have a glass of wine or some bourbon or something. I needed a drink after all of that. Okay. <laughs> I was like, I need a drink. And so I was like, you know what? It's, it's, it's going to be fine. We'll figure it out. So when I got out the shower, before I even got a chance to watch some YouTube videos, you know, so I can laugh at some stuff, laugh at some videos, Shauna sends me a message and she was like, you know what? I recorded my part of the conversation. So maybe we can figure out a way to sync it together. And I was like, oh, that's right. Because she did tell me that she recorded it. Okay, send it over to me. Let's see what we can do. So she sends over the file and I was able to sync it together. But the problem is it wasn't like a perfect sync. <laughs> so when you listen to the interview, um, you're going to hear some parts where it kind of sounds like it's a little delayed. But, but... I don't want you to miss out on all of the gems that she's dropping. So I'm going to put this interview out anyway, because uh, one thing that you may or may not know about me is a lot of times I don't get stuff done because I get so wrapped up in it being right. You know, it has to be perfect instead of just being done and OK. And so that's what we're going to do in this episode. Hopefully you don't even notice any of the stuff that I'm talking about right now and that you enjoy it. I had to tell you this story, though, because I could not believe all of the drama we went through to record it. And to top it off, right this second, I am recording this intro in my closet on my phone because for whatever reason, when I set my mic up to Audacity to record it, it is not recognizing my microphone. <laughs> it's just it just does it in y'all. I'm telling you. Shout out to Shauna. Shout out to her for holding it down and just being a trooper while we we're trying to figure all of this out. Let me go ahead and tell you about Shauna. I met her. Let me see. It's, I have a terrible sense of time. So it's probably been about 
three months, three or four months that we connected on Instagram, which is where I connect with a lot of people. First half of the conversation, Shauna and I are talking about her vegan journey, how she tried multiple times to become a vegan and it just didn't work for her and how she's dealt with depression and binge eating and purging and just all of the things, all of the different stages that it took for her to get to this point in her life and how she was able to find, finally find some sense of worth and some sense of happiness in her life. And so the first half of the conversation is all about that journey. And then we get into Instagram, how she was able to organically grow her Instagram from zero to 16,000 in less than a year and how she was able to do it without, you know, not paying for ads and and buying likes and followers and, you know, all the other things that people do to build their accounts and how she was able to build community and some strategies on how what you can do to build your Instagram up why hashtags are important, why you need a business account. I mean, we dive into everything you can think of for Instagram. Shauna also has a new course. It's called Thrive on IG and you can get it at thriveonig.com. And you can also sign up for a consult with her where she will actually go through your page and tell you what you can do to improve it so that you can grow your following. She was gracious enough to give a discount code for anybody who purchases a consult or her course. You can use the discount code BROWNVEGAN at checkout. And once again, that is thriveonig.com. I'll be sure to put all of the links for Shauna as well as all of the resources, everything I mentioned in this episode at brownvegan.com under episode 9. So yes, without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into Shauna's vegan story. So um, basically, when I was in junior high and high school, I was pretty active. I ran track and but I was also eating a lot of fast food. I was going to McDonald's all the time. And it, I didn't really notice anything because I was really active and I was working out all the time. So the food that I was eating, I wasn't really seeing the effects of it. Um, once I got out of high school, I wasn't nearly as active, but I was still eating the same. So the weight started to pack on and I started noticing like every year I was getting about 10 pounds. And so eventually I got pregnant with my first child and I went from 145 pounds to 198 pounds. And I was eating horribly during that time. Like I had Chinese food all the time. I was eating boxed foods all the time, just nothing healthy. And um, I had gained eight pounds in one month. Uh, and my doctor was like, what are you eating? You know, she told me, she's like, you need to cut out all that sugary food. And, you know, she said, make changes like eat uh, wheat bread instead of white bread or brown rice instead of white rice, things like that. So I made those small changes. And when I came home after I had my son, um, someone had took a picture of me and it was just like a wake up call. Like I looked so different and you could just see how unhealthy I was in my skin. I had gained so much weight. I looked like a totally different person. And I kept that picture just to remind myself of where I did not ever want to be at again. And I got to the point where, you know, I would look at pictures like that and I just started complaining all the time about my weight and I became really, really insecure. And my husband got tired of it. And he was like, okay, what are you going to do about it? Like you keep complaining, you're still eating the same way. So like, what are you going to do different? And I was like mad that he said that, but he was right. And so I decided to go ahead and really try to get control of my weight. And I bought this book called the fat smash diet by Dr. Ian Smith. 
And the first phase is a detox phase, and it's almost a vegan phase. You can have egg whites, but other than that, I think it's pretty much uh, a vegan uh, detox phase. And I ended up losing seven pounds within that nine, uh, those nine days, and I felt really good. Like I, that was the best I had ever felt. And so I knew that that was one thing that kind of led me to believe that eating fruits and vegetables really was the best thing to do. Um, but I eventually fell off of that diet. And then I went through these phases where I would work out obsessively and then I wasn't eating right or I was eating right. And then I wasn't working out and then I would always plateau and, you know, with my weight loss and I would just get so frustrated, like nothing is working. And I didn't understand, like, you have to do both. You can't just do one or the other. And eventually I got to the point where I started watching food documentaries on Netflix. I watched, um, Forks Over Knives Vegucated, that's one of my favorite ones. Uh, Crazy Sexy Cancer was another one that was really good. And a lot of the things that they were saying just stuck with me. So it just got me kind of curious about being a vegan. And it it started to get to the point where when I would go to the store, I didn't want to buy certain things because I knew what I had learned in these documentaries. And I didn't want my family to eat these things, let alone I didn't want myself to eat them either. But I just started to feel guilty about it. But I could never really stick with it. And um, I was at work and I was going through training and we always had food days. Like for every, for anything under the sun, they would have food days. And I was constantly overeating and trying to eat to stay awake through the training. And eventually I had a gallbladder attack and I had to go to the doctors and um, basically have my gallbladder removed. And I was only 27. Mm -hmm. I had 13 gallstones. And I just remember thinking like, dang, like you're 27 years old and you're going through you know, all of these different health issues, you really need to start thinking about what you're eating. Like there's a lot of damage that you're doing to your body. And I went to a lot of different doctors during that time to just kind of figure out what was going wrong with me. And all they wanted to do was prescribe pills. Like they just wanted to keep giving me medication. I'm just like, why can't somebody just tell me what I need to do or what I need to stop doing? Like, why can't somebody just tell me that? Why are y'all just so quick to give me these pills that I'm going to have to be dependent on and pay for month after month. And that's not what I want. And so I ended up buying this um, book on holistic health. And what I liked about it, and I can't remember what it's called. And I think, I don't even think I have it anymore, but um, you could look in the back of the book and look to see, you know, whatever issues that you were dealing with, you could look it up and and it would tell you uh, what foods to eat for whatever you were dealing with. And so at that time, I was dealing with an irregular cycle. Um, there was a there was a time period where I didn't even have a cycle wow. for like two years straight, and yeah, it was crazy. And so I was like, "What is going on?" Like at first, I was like, hey, "Right, school with me," but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, I was like, "Okay, there's something not right with this." So, um, but the book was saying to eat more greens, and that would help with your cycle. And so I started eating more broccoli, more Brussels sprouts, uh, just anything green, and then. Sure enough, I mean, I don't, it really didn't take that long, but my cycle came back and it was regular again. Um, And so that also let me know, okay, here's another situation where I'm being healed by foods. Like I'm, I'm, I'm being healed by eating fruits and vegetables, you know? And so that like, once again, being plant-based kind of came into my mind and I've tried about three different times prior to being vegan now. And I didn't have all the information that I had now. Like I, I struggled with going to restaurants when there weren't, when there weren't um, any vegan options. 
family functions, you know, when there's a whole, whole bunch of food there and, you know, and it's just like, everything looks so good. And then like during the holidays and all your traditional foods that people eat, um, it was really hard for me to stick to it. And I didn't really know how to plan for that. But every time that I didn't succeed being a vegan before has helped me now. So it's like, okay, I knew, I, now I know that if I'm going to be going to a restaurant, I know I need to look at, um, look at the menu ahead of time or call up there and see what options they have and already have something ready to go for when I go, uh, for when I get ready to order. Or if they don't have anything, I need to eat before I go, you know, and just always make sure I have something in the house that I could easily grab if I'm really hungry and just always have something vegan in the house. So I'm not, you know, getting desperate when to go to McDonald's or something. So the last thing that really that really got me to thinking about being plant-based and realizing that I needed to change was I ended up getting pregnant and I had a miscarriage. And I know that women miscarry for all sorts of different reasons, but I knew that it was directly related to how I was eating. And again, just being so young and having a miscarriage, I just really didn't think that was going to happen to me. I didn't realize how common it was actually, but I had bought these two different books by a woman Mm -hmm. named Queen Afua. And one is called Heal Heal Thyself and the other one is called Sacred Woman. And she talked about how meat and dairy negatively affected our wounds. And so again, you know, it was like all, every time I turn around, there's all of these signs pointing to being vegan or plant-based, you know, however you want to say it. I still hadn't made the switch yet after that, but I did go through like a really deep depression after I had that miscarriage. And um, it was just like, I was in a very, very, very dark place. And I ended up taking a, a year off of social media. I only dealt with myself. Like I just, I read a ton of books. I read books on business. I read books on finance. I read books on self-help. Um, anything that was going to help me better myself is what I took in. And I needed to remove all sorts of, like anything negative, I needed to remove it out of my life, whether it be people, whether it be places that I went to, any things that I was in taking, the music I was listening to, movies I would watch, anything like that, I removed it out of my life. Because during that depression, I realized the reason why I was depressed was because I had all this negative self-talk running through my head 24 hours a day. And I was like, where, where are all these thoughts coming from? Like, where did, where did all of this come from? Why did I start believing all of these things that I have replaying in my head all the time? And so during that time, it was like really grueling because you have to deal with yourself. You have to deal with all the things that you are struggling with on the inside. And so every time I would get a negative thought, I would address it. I would ask myself, where did it come from? And I would replace it with a lot of mm-hmm. positive thoughts. So it's like, okay, this negative thought that I'm thinking, I know that this isn't true because of this, 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 and this. And so it's like, okay, this is one negative thought, but I'm replacing it with four positive ones. And so when you go through and you tackle each one of those negative thoughts, you have all of these positive ones drowning them out. And now it's like, now I can start thinking positively. And that, that really helped me to kind of make steps to get out of that deep hole that I was in. And, you know, the sadness of the miscarriage was still there and it still is, but um, I've now had another child and and she's healthy and (laughs) vegan, just like me. And (laughs) so, you know, but I I do believe that the way that I was eating, it it affected that. And I also went through um, 
a phase where I was binging and purging. I, during the time that I was depressed, I was overeating and I was eating for mm-hmm. emotional reasons. I started to realize and it would get to the point where I was so overly stuffed after I would eat that purging was like a, a way to feel relief. And it was also kind of like a form of punishment for eating the way that I had been eating. And one day my my son actually heard me doing it and he asked me about it. And um, it just really got me thinking like, I don't want him knowing that I do this. Like this is really embarrassing. And I don't want him thinking that he has to do this too. Like I don't want him kind of mimicking anything that I do. Um, So I moved from purging to taking laxatives. So like it got to the point where I would analyze everything that I ate for the day. And if I didn't like it, it was like, okay, I got to take a laxative. I got to get this out some kind of way. If I can't, if I can't purge, then I need to take laxatives to get it out. So I would go and buy like these seven day colon cleanses and 14 day colon cleanses, but I was mm-hmm. taking them every single day. So as soon as I ran out, I would go and get some more and I just kept them on my purse and I always had them. And every time I didn't eat the way that I uh, felt was best, then I would take those laxatives. Um, and so Eventually, it was like, girl, what are you doing? Like, you're doing all of these crazy things. Why don't you do what you know is right, which is eat right yeah. and exercise? Like, those are the two things that we all know you need to do. So just do that. Instead of putting yourself through all of this torture, just do what you know you but need we, to do. But we know that that's and just so, like your drug of choice, though. That's what it was. It was, had nothing to do with the food. It was, like you said, everything else that was going on, your depression, um, yeah, not feeling worthy, yeah. all of that contribute. And just that just have to be happened to be your drug of choice. That's all it was. Yeah, and, and that's exactly what it was. It was just like it was it was an addiction, I would say. Like I was eating for no reason. I, I would eat even when I wasn't hungry and I didn't stop. I just kept going and going until I was so stuffed that I just felt sick. And it was just like, you know, you know, like on the boondocks where they had that mm-hmm. episode about the itis. And mm-hmm. that's what I felt like. And I was just doing way too much. So, yeah, that was definitely my drug of choice is to kind of cope with everything that yeah, I was doing. It's, it's like so much comfort in eating food. Yeah. It's, and then yeah. then you got to come back and get some more later, you know. So I, I definitely can relate to that for sure, yeah. that emotional eating. There's so much I feel like I can talk about right here because, I mean, thank you I mean, so much for sharing all of that with us. I mean, being so open about your experiences. But I think the part that's standing out to me the most right now is the fact that um, you were talking about the binging and purging because I feel like as black women, I don't really hear a lot of conversations about us doing that. Not saying that it doesn't happen. I just don't hear it. Yeah. So. Right. Like I was really like, I, I I hadn't even told my husband yet. And I ended up doing a video about it on um, Instagram TV. <laughs> and because like I have my fitness page, blackvegan.fitness, like, you know, people will see you working out a lot and they'll be like, oh, hashtag goals. And, you know, but it's like, you guys are seeing me now, but you didn't see me all the years leading up to this. You know, this, this wasn't this wasn't something that I always did. I struggled and I still struggle fighting urges sometimes, you know what I mean? And and just getting rid of those old habits. So, but binging and purging, yeah, I didn't want to talk about it. It was so, I was yeah. so embarrassed about it. Like I felt like my black card was going to be taken away from me because I did that. And like, I, I don't, I don't, I hesitate to call it bulimic because 
it wasn't a daily thing, but it was getting to the point where had I not stopped myself and addressed it, it probably mm-hmm. would have gotten there. So what do you do for the flu so, triggers now, though? Like, how, what's your way of coping? I know that, you know, you left social media, you got rid of people and situations that contribute to you feeling bad about yourself. But like, what do you do now when things mm-hmm. aren't? Because we know life, how life happens is up and down all the time. So what are you doing right. to help, you know, deal with some of the triggers or just life giving us shit because it does you know like what do you do what do you do for that (laughs) the way that i look at it is like this like i the day that i went vegan i watched the movie called earthlings and that was to me eating the way that i was eating before is a form of negativity and so you know when i was talking about removing all sources of negativity that was one of them because it's like when i'm eating meat and I'm eating all of those unhealthy things. I'm eating death. I'm eating torture. I'm eating um, just all the negative energy that comes in slaughterhouses. And so when I watched that, I only got halfway through and I had to turn it off because it was too much. But um, I, I look at myself now and I feel like I'm better than that. Like I feel like I like myself enough now to eat better and make healthier choices. And so that's what I do. But I'm not going to sit up here and lie and say that sometimes when I'm smelling chicken and barbecue and all that stuff that I don't get triggered or when I drive past McDonald's and I smell like, I mean, to the point where it's like the smell of the ketchup and the buns and the like, I smell all of that. I can smell all of it. And that is a trigger for me. Um, But I, instead of driving into the drive through, I just keep driving past it because I know exactly how I'm going to feel after I eat it. I know I'm going to feel like shit when I get done eating it. And so it's like, I don't even want to go back to that hole that I was in. It it was so dark and torturous during that time that I just never, ever, ever, ever want to go back. Like, so if, if I have to eat healthy to stay away from that, then that's what I'm going to do. Yes. I feel the same, man. This is so relatable to me. And you know what I noticed too? Like (laughs) if you give yourself a few seconds to just, let that feeling pass it will pass just don't respond to it right away that's what i noticed for myself even if it's 30 seconds it just move on to the next thing it really does make a difference so yeah and and one of the other things i was going to say is like i started asking myself like why are you letting these like why are you letting food have so much control over your life like i was like it's food it's not making me do anything it's not making me drive into these drive-thrus it's not making me buy anything I'm doing that so what is it about food that's got this hold on me and when I looked at it like that it's like okay you Mm -hmm. must be stronger than that like you have to be stronger than that to overcome these urges that you're having so that was another thing that I that I think about I just don't let food have that much control over my life I just feel like I'm power more powerful yes I love it. That's so, man, and it's true. You are definitely, you know, food. And you know what I do every morning, Ashana? I don't know if I ever told you this because I know we, of course, we talk a lot outside of the podcast, but I don't know if I told you this, but because I'm Uh dealing with a lot of my issues with emotional eating and just binge eating and things like that, what I do every single morning when I wake up, I always I say to myself that food is just nourishment. That's it. That's all it is. It's not. It's not something that you eat because you feel bad about yourself. You're lonely. You're tired. You had a bad day. Mm -hmm. It's just nourishment. That is it. 
when other stuff is hitting the fan, you need to yeah. figure out what to do about it in another way that's productive. That's what I tell. My, I've been telling right. myself that for like thirty <laughs> days now. Like every single morning, that's like the first thing I think of when I wake up. To it's kind of like setting the intention for the day. Yeah, so, yeah, I can relate to that. I feel like there isn't enough conversation about like the addiction to food as a whole. Like we talk about addiction to drugs and sex and money and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. We don't really talk about the food stuff. It doesn't seem like it would be an addiction. You know what I mean? Like it, but when you think about it, the sugar that's in food, that's addicting, you know, like there's, there's certain things and then just how people cook and, and their meals are kind of centered around emotional times. You know, like when you think about holidays and people eating, all of this food around the holidays, that's the time of love and joy and, and all those things. So there's, there, there's always like this emotional attachment to it. And I think that's what makes it become Mm -hmm. so addicting, you know, versus like drugs. I mean, you you could still get be addicted to drugs, but I think, you know, when you have your emotions tied into it, it makes it even a stronger, uh, a stronger addiction because is you're dealing Absolutely. with the emotions. Yeah, of it. yeah. Speaking of food, um, I know you are someone who does not like to cook a lot. <laughs> and cooking, yeah, <laughs> cooking is not no. your favorite thing. And we know that, of course, being vegan, you need to be somebody that's at least a little comfortable in the kitchen so that you can save some money and save time. So, like, what do you do to like maintain this lifestyle despite the fact that you prefer not to cook if you can help it? Yeah, well, like, because, like, when I was growing up, I was the youngest out of four boys, and I don't know what it was. I just feel like, I felt like my parents were trying to, like, make me be somebody that I didn't want to be. I was very much a tomboy, and I just had this whole thing about gender roles, and I didn't want to, I just didn't want to be put into this box. And so I was just very adamant about not, like, my mom, she did try to teach me how to cook. It's just, I was just very resistant to it. And I just never had any luck with it. I, I would try different recipes. I would get frustrated when they didn't turn out right. And um, But, you know, like you said, when you become vegan, you really don't have a choice. you got to learn how to cook something. So um, what I do is I find things that don't take long for me to cook. Because one of the things that I struggle with is when I get really hungry, I need something right now. I don't want to wait mm-hmm. too long to eat. And so... I found ways to just make sides like sides don't I don't feel like I'm cooking when I'm making vegan food because I can saute some peppers in in a skillet. I can season something and toss it in the oven. I could pop something in the microwave. I could, you know, blend something in the blender and drink a smoothie like I don't feel like that's cooking versus like having to get a whole bunch of different ingredients and make something that's is two totally different things for me. So I've just found a bunch of sides that I like and I like colorful food. So I try to think of the different colors that I want to see on my plate and just piece it together like that. And most of the stuff that I make, like everything that you see on my page, um, it, it takes mm-hmm. less than 25 minutes. And that's my time limit. Like if, it, if it's going to take any longer than that, I really don't want to have any parts of it. Like I got kids, I'm working, I, I'm a wife. Like I don't have time to be sitting mm-hmm. up there in the kitchen all day. So I just find things that are very quick so, and simple to make. What are some of your favorites then? What do you like to eat? I love oven roasted tomatoes and I love oven roasted asparagus with lemon zest. Those are my two favorite things that I always make. Uh, and I also love peppers. Yeah, me too. Um, <laughs> I think Chipotle is to blame for that because I started eating their uh, fajita veggies and it just, I don't know, it just became kind of an obsession. So those are my three things that I always make are sauteed peppers, 
um, oven roasted tomatoes and, and oven roasted asparagus. And I didn't even like asparagus. I hated asparagus <laughs> and I hated tomatoes. And now I love them. I eat them all the time. So let's face it, New Year's resolutions don't usually stick. In fact, I read that over 80% fail by the end of the month, which is insane, I know. If you are someone who is looking to focus on your health in 2019, I have the perfect solution that is not only delicious, but is an easy way to get more fruits and vegetables. Shout out to Daily Harvest for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. They make keeping that New Year's resolution that much easier. So if you're not familiar, Daily Harvest delivers carefully sourced, chef-crafted foods that are built on fruits and vegetables. You can choose from more than 50 ready-to-blend smoothies, their savory harvest bowls, soups, or their breakfast bowls. After you choose what you want, they will ship it right to your door, which is so convenient so you don't even have to think about meal planning, grocery shopping. It's that simple for you. I loved eating the bowls and the smoothies because it was so convenient. And as someone who is getting better about portion control, I felt like it was perfect for that. It was satisfying. It was flavorful. And I was able to recognize all of the ingredients on the packaging. When it came to the harvest bowl, I love the cauliflower rice and the pesto. It took like four minutes on the stove to put it together. It would have been even faster if I had a microwave, but all I had to do was add a little bit of vegetable broth or you can add water to it and just put it on the stove for a few minutes and that is it. Another great benefit to using Daily Harvest is that everything stays fresh in your freezer until you're ready to eat it. And it only takes one step or five minutes max to prepare everything. Daily Harvest is the easiest, fastest, most delicious way to load up on fruits and vegetables and to make a healthy eating habit stick. As a listener to my show, I want to give you a special offer. All you have to do is go to daily-harvest.com and enter promo code BROWNVEGAN to get three cups free in your first box. Once again, that is daily-harvest.com, promo code BROWNVEGAN to get three free cups in your first box because... Who doesn't love free food? And not only free food, but free food that tastes good. When you try it, be sure to let me know what you think. And let's go ahead and continue with the rest of the show. The reason I wanted you on the podcast is to talk about Instagram and how you've been able to grow Instagram from from zero to nearly 17,000 followers in 10 months, which is crazy and exciting at the same damn time. (laughs) So I wanted you to come on and talk about it. But before we like really get into like the nuts and bolts of Instagram, I do want to talk about that time that you were away from Instagram and what that helped you do. Because I know for a lot of us who are like entrepreneurs and we're trying to like build our brands online, we feel like this this need to be always tuned in and always plugged in. And so let's just talk about like what you, I know Mm -hmm. you did a lot of reading and like um, probably writing and getting to know yourself during that year, Mm -hmm. but what else happened during that year? And then what made you come back to Instagram after all that time? Um, Well, during that time I did, I, I, I had some kind of account that I just made and I only made it to follow other vegan pages. I got really curious about vegan food. And so I would look for different hashtags like vegan food share or vegans of, of Instagram, vegans of IG or whatever, black vegans. Um, I would constantly look for those hashtags to find different accounts. And when you click on those hashtags, it would just show you all of these different pictures of foods and Whichever ones I liked, I would click on them. And then if I liked their page, 
I would follow them. You were like literally one of the only black vegans that I found um, on Instagram at that time. Uh, so that was really helpful. And so, yeah, so when I came back to Instagram, I knew exactly how to execute it because I knew that all of the people that I followed, I found through hashtags. So I was like, okay, I knew, I know the different hashtags that I looked for. So when I create my account, mm-hmm. I'm going to use those hashtags um, on my posts. So it just, I don't know, it just kind of like, it just kind of worked really well for me. I, I knew what worked and I knew what I looked for. And so that's what I did. I don't know, just right out the gate, it seemed like, it, it seemed like I was, it was, everything was going pretty well. Like the first post that I did, um, I used all the different hashtags that I normally use. I had tagged um, one of the brands of, it was some, some something that I bought from Whole Foods and I tagged that brand and they came and liked, liked my picture um, all these people were commenting on it. And I was just like, is this spam? Like, what is going on? Like, how are all these people finding my page when I don't even have any followers? But I gained followers after that. And um, it was because of those hashtags. So I knew how powerful those hashtags were because of how I looked for accounts. And then that's how a lot of people mm-hmm. found me. Yeah. Hashtag. What is it about Instagram, though, that makes you want to be on that platform? Out of everything else, we know we have Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, because I consider YouTube to be social media. Mm-hmm. So like all of those different platforms, what yeah. is it about Instagram that just has you like tuned in? Well, I love it. Like I have a Facebook page, but it's like it's for family and friends. Like they don't care about what I'm eating. They don't care. Like I could post like when I was really getting into vegan food, I was posting all kinds of different vegan food pictures you know just trying to introduce other people to this wonderful new information that I have found and nobody cared you know nobody cares about the books that I like to read and I can't it's like nothing really pops on Facebook like all the stuff that I love and want to talk about there's no community for it on Facebook unless you find different groups and stuff but on Instagram it's like you can use hashtags and that's how you can draw your audience to you. You can find people that are into the same things that you are through these hashtags. So there's other vegans, there's other black vegans out there. There's like we, we're finding each other and then we just kind of feed off of each other. Like there's there's people that I remember from early on, like when I first started my page that I still am in constant contact with till this day. Like we we all just kind of found each other. We all have the same joy and, and the same Uh, passion for vegan food and so it's just like I just feel at home on Instagram it's like this is what I want to talk about and I found I have a way to find other people that want to talk about it too so Mm -hmm. that's what I love about it so what uh, out of all the features okay we have like Instagram live Instagram TV Insta story the feed like what is your favorite feature out of everything on here so I really love Instagram stories because I don't know. It's really fun. Like I did, um, I like the, the ask me anything rounds that you can do. And I like the polls. I like just being able to post something that is totally unrelated to everything else that I post on my feed and just getting interactions with people and just being able to show another side of myself and not having to worry about like the perfect shot, the perfect lighting, you know, you don't have to put so much effort into something that you post on the Instagram stories. I love to see what other people are posting. It's just like you just get to see a glimpse of of people's personalities in Instagram stories. I agree. That's, That's my, my favorite. favorite feature, too, because I feel like on the feed, um, because everybody's feed, I mean, this is, a, you know, the comparison trap, but I feel like people's 
feeds look so perfect and amazing. And then I'm just like, but I just, I'm chilling. Like I want to be, <laughs> I want to be on Insta story because I can chill over there, you know? So I, I, I definitely like yeah. that, that factor of it that just kind of makes you feel like you can just truly be yourself on there. And I'm like you, I just have so mm-hmm. many people that I talk to on my DMs when I post on Insta story because we just have like a little community going over there. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of community, yeah, like, what are you outside yeah. of that? What do you recommend for people who are trying to build a sense of community on Instagram? I just recommend, like, really getting to know what your niche is. Like, there's typically we all have something very specific that we are passionate about and that we like. And so if you're really good at something, um, put that on Instagram and find other people that are into it, too, and find the hashtags that are uh, popular in that community And that's how you're going to build your tribe. That's how you're going to build an engaged audience is having something specific. Because if you just like there's some people that just post a lot of random things. And I see pages that have really high following followings when they do that. However, it's like, you know, there's a, a personal element that's missing. It's like, I don't know who you are. Like, what are you bringing to the table you know, are you just reposting something that, you know, reposting a bunch of stuff or is this yeah. your content? You know what I mean? So I feel like the way that you can really build a community is being true to yourself and, and showing yourself more on there and, and displaying the things that you're good at and, put, and and just putting that out there. Like, but, you know, like I said, those hashtags is really what's going to bring people that are like minded to your page. So using good uh, using good hashtags and having a specific niche that you yeah. post about. Speaking of hashtags, like how what's I know there's like a debate on how many you can use. I know there's thirty that you can technically use, but what do you think is like a good number mm-hmm. that doesn't look spammy and crazy to Instagram's algorithm? I think I mean I've tried using all thirty and I've tried using five, and I always get the best results when I use close to thirty. You know what I mean? That I, I I try to stay away from it because sometimes, like if you if you do too much, you might take all this time doing a post, and I've had posts disappear <laughs> because I use too many hashtags it or it won't yeah. <laughs> finish uploading or something. Yeah, it just won't post, and so it's just like okay. So I I ended up cutting back a little bit from the full set of thirty, but I think the more you use, the better. I mean, because every for every hashtag that you use, you're getting exposed in that hashtag. So I feel like why not use it? <laughs> My tags. Confession to everybody that's listening. I didn't uh-huh. use, start using tags until very recently. Kashana was like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> she was like, "How is it that you're not using tags? You've been on Instagram you all these years. Them. I know, but I haven't." But so I thought I had the disappearing. I don't know if I told you this, Shana, but I had the disappearing situation happen too because you gave me some tags and then I added tags and I didn't count them. Uh-huh. So when I so what had happened was uh-huh. when I went to Insta- <laughs> when I went to Instagram to post it, it actually. Um, it didn't post and um, the crazy thing uh-huh. about it is um, because of how the work that we've done together I actually know that it works the hashtags because you can see it right inside, you can see it right in the analytics and we're going to get into that later about like what you should look at for analytics yeah. but tags are really important I never I knew mm-hmm. that they were important but I just never spent the time like researching and, and thinking about it, uh, up until very recently so yeah, and make sure they're niche specific. Like, don't just use random hashtags. Like, if you use a hashtag like hashtag cool or you know something like that, like that's not gonna really do anything. Like, you want to use something specific to whatever it is that you post about. 
So, like, you know, for us, we're vegan, so we need to be using vegan hashtags. You know what I mean? That's going to bring the audience that we want, and that's going to keep um, our engagement up is when other people are relating to what we're posting. So- I've read several articles in the past about how when you use popular ones, you don't do as well. So do you suggest, like, the smaller ones, mm-hmm. or do you want to – do people sh- – does it really matter as much as we think it does? I do think like if you use a hashtag that has like hundreds of millions of posts, if you're a new account from the different things that I've read, you're just going to get lost in the mix. You know, there's no way that you're going to really stand out um, as a newer account using a hashtag like that. So I would use a range of different ones. So I would use some that maybe have 10,000 posts to it or maybe a million or maybe 70 million or, you know, and just kind of have like a mixture of, of, of different things and see what works best. Because I think the fewer the hashtags, the uh, better the chance that your post is going to get seen, especially if you're a newer account. That makes sense. Actually. So let's talk about this, though. So yeah. in this debate, based on what you know, um, should the hashtags go in the comments or should they go in the actual caption for the post? So I think that it should go in the caption with the post because uh, one thing that I did read was you, you want the picture and the hashtags to work together. And so when you do the when you post your picture and then you later on put the hashtags in the comments, I think that there is a little bit of a lag there. Have always talked about putting it in the caption. Like you want the post and the hashtags to work mm-hmm. together. Yeah, so that's I feel like I this do. algorithm is just. Over the, it just gets worse and worse. It's so petty. You don't know. know. It's, it's like, like you're playing this game. Everybody <laughs> is just guessing at this point because we don't know this algorithm is so yeah. It's so petty. I don't really try to study the algorithms. I just feel like it's always changing, and they they don't really say what it is. So you just have to kind of figure out what works. What suggestions do you have for a person that is a vegan influencer as far as some of the content that they should post on their actual Instagram feed? When you start out, like when I started out, I didn't really think too much about the quality of the picture. Like I was just using flash. I mean, I I did try to get like a good little shot. You know, I knew basically from when I had my my other account, I knew what worked and what didn't. I knew what stood out, especially to me. But, you know, I didn't have uh, a lighting kit. I didn't have, you know, this fancy camera or anything. So I was using the flash on my phone and you know, like back then, I thought it was cool. But looking back now, it's like, ooh, like those pictures were, I don't know, like it just didn't look right. So you want to make sure you have good lighting. That is so key. So natural light. If you can get outside and and take a picture, if you can get near a window and take a picture of your food, um, I would highly suggest doing that. And you don't you don't need a fancy camera if you have natural light. Like a lot of times I'll post something and I don't even have to edit the picture because it already looks really nice. So um, but when you're posting, uh, especially as a vegan influencer, I want to see the whole plate. I want to see everything that's on the plate. I want to, you know, you don't have to get so close up to the picture to where you can't really see everything that's on there because I want to get meal ideas. I want to get ideas for myself. So I want to see everything that you're posting. So um, you know, get a full shot of the plate, you know, make it clear. I would suggest posting the recipe if you have one. Um, I notice that my posts get bookmarked a lot more when I post the actual recipe. Um, yep. People are going to ask you anyway. Yeah, they're going to ask you for it. So um, that's another way to increase engagement is when people are bookmarking and people are sharing. 
you know, that's more engagement for your post and the more it's going to be seen by other people when they share it. So post the recipe so that other people will be encouraged to, to try it themselves. And then when they do that, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you know, so and so I got inspired from this person. Like people do that all the time. And I post them in my Instagram stories where I have a designated highlight for that. Uh, when people recreate a meal that I did or something, that just blows me away. Like me, the non-cook, like people are actually mm-hmm. recreating meals that I've done. And so I just think that that's incredible. So yeah, just, you know, post the recipe of, of something that you did and just get a really clear shot and don't have it be blurry. Like we want to see what you're posting. We want to make out what it is that, that you're putting on your page. So make sure the yeah, photo quality is really good. So, okay, we were talking about, like, engagement as far as saving. I think that's that's another thing that you taught me. We're, we're going to talk about that when we get into the, analytic, <laughs> the analytics on this. But I know uh-huh. that you, talk, you told me about as far as uh, the saving and how important that was when you kind of broke down my account when you looked at everything. But out of, like, everything that Instagram uses to, I guess, measure the engagement, you know, likes, comments, shares, saves, which one to you is the most important? I know they all work together for the greater good of Instagram but like what are uh-huh. some of your favorite which ones do you think matter the most I think the more comments that you get because um if you get a lot of people commenting on your post that is what's going to help it get on the explore page and if you get on the explore page that's going to increase your reach and your impressions so the more comments you can get on there and the more likes the better. So when I post something, I know if it's going to do well or not within the first minute or so, because it's like when I'm refreshing and seeing how many new likes come in or new comments, it just lets me know, okay, there's people actually engaging with this. There's people commenting on it. They like what they're seeing. Okay. This is going to do good. I can, I can pretty much guess how many likes I'll get. I can pretty much guess how many comments I'm going to end up getting um, just by those first uh, few minutes uh, when I post. It can get overwhelming sometimes. So it's just like, I'm, I don't feel like you should be completely overwhelmed with Instagram. Like you shouldn't have to be on there every minute of the day. But if you want it to be real and authentic, you are going to have to put in some work. Talk about how often someone who has a new account, how often you think they should post you know, per day in order to be noticed on Instagram. I know it's kind of hard with the algorithm to kind of tell what's what, but what, like, what is your approach to that? Like, what do you, how do you feel about that? I've tried several different things. So like when I first started my uh, black vegan page, and I want to clarify blaq.vegan, I was really enthusiastic. And so I was posting all the time. So I was like, oh, this is what I had for lunch. This is what I or This is what I have for breakfast. This is what I have for lunch. This is what I have for dinner. You know what I mean? So I was posting like three times a day sometimes. But I, I feel spammy if I do more than that. Like I, I think the most I've ever done was four. And it just seemed like way too much. And, I, and, I, and that was only because I was doing a raw vegan challenge at the time. And I wanted to post everything that I ate for that day. Um, but I think you should try different things. Like when you, when you first start out with a new account, you need to start figuring out what hashtags are going to work and what doesn't. So the more you post, I think the higher engagement you're going to get. And, and when I started my black vegan dot fitness page, um, I used to post just once a day, I would have, um, several different videos and I would combine it into one post and I wasn't really getting a high amount of views or anything but once I started posting like three separate videos versus just one I that's when my viewership increased so I I don't know I think that there's something to posting three or four times a day starting out I mean you don't have to and and you probably maybe you don't have enough content to post that often but 
Um, I think it's a, I think that's a maximum amount. I, I would say not to go over that and make sure that when you are posting, you're actually gaining followers. Like I've seen pages where they've got 12,000 posts, but they've got nice. 300 followers and it's like, okay, something's not right. Like you should be bringing people in, not, you know, scaring them away <laughs> with whatever you're doing. So like something obviously isn't working if you've got that many posts and, and, and nobody's following you. So so yeah, I would, I would just kind of gauge it. Like if you're if you're getting followers with each post, and I would say you know try try three a day and just see well, how that. Works. I couldn't so. imagine posting that much, Shauna. I could barely post on Insta Story. What the hell? <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> I know it's it is like now looking back, I'm like, how did I ever do that? Because but I wasn't so aware. Like I wasn't as aware of things now. So like now it's like I know how much it, I know how much it takes to have a really good post and there's no way I could do I, do I just don't have the time to do that but there was a time where I was posting my smoothies I was posting my my lunch I, you know my salad even if I was posting my salad like every day I was doing that and <laughs> it was just like I don't know I, but I do feel like when I did that it really helped my engagement mm. in the very beginning because every time I posted even if I did post three times a day I, I did have high engagement on my on my post so that's why I kept doing it that's another thing I want to talk about, too, because I love your approach to how engagement works on Instagram, because you told me how it's not just about you posting on your feed and you post it on Insta story. It's like a combination of everything, meaning you leaving comments on other people's posts, liking posts, all of that. So even yes. though you're not there, you're still there <laughs> because you're you're engaged. Yeah, I, I try to make sure like if I'm not posting on my feed and that's the great thing about all of the different elements of Instagram, like that's why I love Instagram stories, because if I don't post on my feed, I can still post something in Instagram stories. If it's reposting somebody else's post, if it's me going into somebody else's Instagram stories and participating in their poll or asking them a question or whatever, all of that is engagement. Your DMs is engagement. Your comments is engagement. Your likes is engagement. Bookmarking posts is engagement. All of that counts. So I may not be posting on my feed, but my numbers are still going up. My followers are still going up because I'm still engaged. And so I feel like with any social media platform that you are on, they're going to reward engagement. And so that's why I always try to make sure. And, and, and it gets really easy for us to post something. We want everybody to come post on our on our page and we want everybody to like and comment and all this kind of stuff. But we forget that we have followers that we also need to be commenting and liking on their posts as well. So it's just like, a lot of times I find that if I go on a liking spree and go to somebody's page and just like a whole bunch of their stuff, they'll come back and do the same for me. It's just a way to let people know that you see them and it's not so one-sided to where you just sit back and expect everybody to do that for you and then you're not doing it. Yeah, that's a good um, point. But as far as that liking spree though, like doesn't that, I feel like the spammers do that. So how do you do it in a way that doesn't look like you're spamming somebody? <laughs> I remember one day someone liked, I think this person was probably using maybe some type of bot or something, but they literally liked 85. I only uh -huh. had, I don't have that many pictures on my page and they literally liked every single picture, Shauna. Like, <laughs> how do you do it in a way that doesn't look creepy? Because nobody got time for that. I know, like, well, what I do, like, if I really like a page, then... I do. You'll probably see me in your notifications. I'll be like, oh, I like this one. I like this one. I like this one. And I try to comment on some of them too, just so it doesn't look so spammy. But but yeah, and, and normally what I do is I end up 
liking several pictures and then if i like a whole bunch of your stuff more than likely i'm gonna follow you right after that so um that's just something that i personally do um and I, you know not everybody has to do that but i i like doing that if i like what yeah. i see i'm gonna like it so and that's and that's the way that i know that i'm gonna like your pay that's how i decide if i want to follow you or not is if, if i go through all your timeline well not maybe sometimes i can't get through it the whole entire theme. And if I go to your page and I like tons of pictures, then I know you're going to keep cranking out that good content. So that's, that's why I do it. And, and that also lets them know, okay, this isn't somebody that just followed me without liking any of my content. That's also the a way of them knowing that, okay, she's probably going to be around for a while. Cause she liked all of these other mm, posts that, I, that I posted. What do you think should go in the bio? Like, let's talk about that for a second. So I read this book by Brittany Hennessy called Influencer. Yes, it's really it good. Is. I highly suggest it for anyone. <laughs> it's so good. Like she gives you so much good information. Um, but one of the main things that I took away from it is that she said to put your email in your bio, like actually spelling it out. Not just like you, I know when you have a business profile, you can put your email to where you can click it if you're on your mobile device. But if you're not on a mobile device, you can't click any of those links. So you need to have some kind of way to allow people to get in contact with you. And there's so many people that I've that I've told that to. They end up putting something in they end up putting their email in their bio and they have gotten responses mm-hmm. immediately after that. Like literally one guy, he did it in like the next day he got an email from someone yeah. asking about doing a collaboration. So you, you never know what you're missing out on if you don't put your email in your bio. So do that because not everybody is on their phones. A lot of these brands are using desktops. And, so they can't even see the email icon. And and another thing too, let's talk right. about business accounts because that's the only way you can have the email icon on your page is by switching over to a business account. So what do you suggest? Like what are the benefits of being on a business account? Like why should we care about that? Yeah, there's so many things like I used to think, oh, I don't have a business yet. So, you know, I don't need to have a business profile, but there's so many good things about it. Like you get all of these, you get access to your analytics when you switch over. Now you do have to be public when you have a business profile, but I feel like if the goal is to increase your followers, why would you not be public? You know what I mean? Like you need to be able to, um, people need to be able to see your content and that extra step of having to request to be followed, you know, that that can steer people away. Let people see what you have to offer so they're not surprised after you do accept their request or after they do accept yeah. your request to follow them. So you want you want people to see everything that you have on your page and you want to make it easy for for your following to grow. So when you switch over, you get access to all of your analytics. You can see what's working, what's not what times people are on the most, what cities your followers are in. Which part of it do you pay attention to the most when it comes to your analytics? Well, you can find them in two different places. You can get your, you can get some analytics for an individual post and you can also get analytics through your insights. And so I like to look at the insights to see what times my followers are on the most. And so for me, it's typically around 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. So what I've started to do was and it's kind of hard sometimes I can't always get home and and make something quick enough you know to to post but um I like to post around that time because that's when the most people are on so if more people are on the more people are going to see your posts and that's going to increase your reach and your impressions so I always try to to post at the peak times but then again I've also posted at five in the morning 
and had some of my posts get on the Explorer page. So you just, you never really know, but I think it's a good guide to know when people are on the most for you. So so that's what I like to do. And also what days are mm, more, more popular than others. Yeah. And the thing is, like, I try not to get so wrapped up in all of this because it will, you know, I'm an overthinker. I overanalyze mm-hmm. everything. It would drive me crazy. But, <laughs> but you yeah. really have me looking at so much everything differently because I'm telling you, like, for the longest time, I didn't even really realize you know as far as tags and analytics all of that I didn't really pay attention to a lot of that and it's not because I didn't care I just wanted to make yeah. sure that it didn't drive me crazy <laughs> it's easy yeah and it it is like sometimes I do get kind of stressed out I was like oh my god I gotta post within this time frame and oh my gosh I gotta you know I, I didn't get as many likes on this post and even though I put all this effort into it and you know it can it can kind of get to the point where it's consuming your every thought you know what I mean and it's just like when it when it gets to that point it's like okay (laughs) chill out so I might I might post something totally random at a totally random time and just yeah deal with it you know what I mean just see what happens and sometimes those are my best posts but I you know it, it can get really easy to get really bogged down in all of that but I just have it I just find it interesting I like to see why a hashtag works better one day and it may not do as well on another day. You know, why is that? Like, I'm always just really curious about that. So it's, I don't know, this is really interesting to me, but again, I don't think that you should be so consumed with it to where it's becoming overwhelming. Like, Let's talk about like some of the things that people should avoid doing because that, it just gets crazy. It really does. Yes. So one of, one of my pet peeves personally is when people overlap tags. You know, when you tag someone, you're trying to get exposure. Most of the time, you're trying to get noticed or trying to get exposure on that other person's page. And when you put a whole bunch of tags on a post and you overlap them, your followers can't see everybody that you tag. So you're trying to get exposure on somebody else's page, but you're not giving the same exposure on your page. So it's just kind of like... I don't know. I just, I, it rubs me the wrong way when I see that. So I highly suggest that you spread the tags out. And if you have so many that all of them can't be seen, then you're probably doing too much and you probably need to cut back a little bit. And then don't tag people if it has nothing Preach. to do with that person. Just stop doing that. Like if, if you're going to tag somebody, have it be related to whatever you're posting. So like if I post a selfie, I have locks. So if I post a selfie, I tag lock pages. Because that's related to my posts. I have locks. But if I'm posting something totally random that has nothing to do with that, like it just looks weird. So I, I, I would say be strategic about it. And especially if it's like somebody's personal page, people don't want to just be tagged yeah. in, in any and everything. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely, man. It's never (laughs) understand that. I never understand. And it, I don't know why it's so hard for people just to just talk to me. Just talk. You don't have to tag me and do all this other stuff to try to get my attention. Because believe me, I'm gonna ignore that. So just let's have a conversation. It's so strange to me when people do it. I never get it. Yeah. Anything else you want to share about that? What people should stop doing? We need to talk about these DMs, like. I don't know what's been going on lately, but I've been getting a lot of these group messages. People are including me in these group messages, and, and I didn't ask to oh, be in the group yes. message. 
Yeah, it's just like when you get a group text that you didn't ask to be a part of. It's like, I don't want to keep getting all these notifications from a lot of times people I don't even know. Like, don't don't add me to a group message. Just, like, have etiquette with that. Ask people first. I want to definitely talk about Thrive on Instagram, your course that you just released. But before we get into that, yes, finally, yes. right? <laughs> before we get into yes. that, I want to know, like, any tips that you want to leave, uh, I guess, last minute tips for someone. If someone is trying to grow their following on Instagram, they just started their account last month or maybe last year and they're ready to grow it. What are some like last minute tips you want to give that person? try to have some kind of a strategy when you go forward posting your content but when you do your post I think it's great to have an element of yourself in there as well um I feel like that's one of the main things that's really helped my page is like there's so many times people will be like oh I feel like we would be best friends in real life you know and like I'm really I'm actually really close with a lot of people I've never met um on Instagram and um you know, don't forget about yourself, you know, include yourself in your post sometimes. Like we want to see you, like maybe do a little video clip or something, you know, in your Instagram stories or even on your feed. I I think it's important to kind of put yourself out there a little bit as well. And just make sure you have quality content. You know, this is Instagram. So the pictures and videos that you post are going to need to stand out among all of these other ones. And the only way that it's going to do that is if it's quality. Don't post blurry pictures don't post stuff that people can't make out make sure that it's so true and the way to stand out is to put some personality in that's what i always tell people when they ask me they're like how everybody's doing what i want to do but nobody of course it's like cliche but nobody is really like you seriously yeah so tell us about thrive on instagram (laughs) i was a a beta tester for it and it is an amazing (laughs) amazing course on how to start on instagram how to grow your instagram so tell us why you decided to do this and what people can expect when they purchase it so i created thrive on id because i have a genuine passion for helping people grow their following on instagram and there have been a lot of people that have asked me how i've done it and how they can do it I mean, I went from zero followers to, you know, like you said, almost 17,000 followers in 10 months. And it's not just one thing that I've done. There's so many different things that I do and things that I don't do that have allowed me to see the increase in following that I've had. And so I wanted to create a course for people to refer to so they can see exactly what I've done. I lay out all the strategies and tips that I do. Um, I just everything that I've done, I put it out there. So you're getting access to how I grew my Instagram following organically. I don't, I haven't paid for followers or likes or views or anything like that. Everything I do is organic. And there've been so many opportunities that have come my way as a result of increasing my following on Instagram. And I want other people to experience that too. You know, different brands reaching out to me to, to do collaborations getting paid to do different things like people pay you for stuff you know just to post on instagram and you know and it's not just about having followers because i can have a whole bunch of followers but if i'm not monetizing or doing anything with it what does that really mean you know i mean there's people that have way less followers than i have that are Mm -hmm. probably making more money than i have so it's not all about the following. Like you want to make sure that your engagement is good as well. And that's why I'm so big on a genuine uh, engagement, like no bots and and buying things. Like you, you want all of your followers to be real. You want all of the likes to be real, all the comments to be real. So you're getting actual 
yeah. real feedback from I agree. people. So yeah, so that's what I do. And I also I also do personal consultations. Um, so how I do that is I pull up your page on my laptop and I record the screen as I'm going over all the different strategy, strategies and tips that, uh, that you could use to improve your page. And then when I'm done, I email you the link. So, and, and you also will have uh, more one-on-one -on -one contact with me. I, I do want to see your page grow. Like if you pay for my course or if you pay for a consultation, I do really want to see your page grow. Like it is a, a genuine interest in me to see that happen. So it's a reflection of my work. And so I really want to see results uh, and, I'm, and I'm willing to work with you. So tell us where we can buy the course and learn more about your consultations and also follow you on social media. Okay, so on, on Instagram, it's at blackvegan, B-L-A-Q dot vegan. And I have a fitness page at blackvegan dot fitness. Um, you can buy the course at thriveonig.com. And I am also on Facebook, Facebook forward slash blackvegan and Facebook forward slash thriveonig. Thank yeah, you so yeah. much, Shauna, for being on the show. I really, really appreciate it. And I know that your tips are going to help other people go vegan. And not only go vegan, but feel open about sharing their stories and getting active on Instagram in a way that will grow their following. Yes. And before we go, I just you a big shout out and say thank you to you. Because at the beginning, I was like, oh, my God, it's brown vegan. Like, I'm so nervous to talk to her. But she has given me so much good advice. <laughs> like, I hang on to every word that you say. You're so amazing. I love your podcast. Your podcast was a big reason as to how I found out about Field Roast and Daya and all of these other different vegan brands and all the books that I read about being vegan. I, I got all of that from your podcast. So you do such an incredible job. Thank you so much for everything that you do. And you've been a tremendous help oh, and inspiration to me. Thank you, Shada. So, I appreciate you. it. I hope this episode was helpful. Come over to my Instagram or Facebook page at Brown Vegan and let me know your thoughts. Also, be sure to rate the podcast five stars on iTunes to make it easy for other people to find us. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate it. And I will talk to you next week. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that enables your team to make their point and move faster. You can even save time by going from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds. Join the 96% of Grammarly users that say it helps them craft more impactful writing. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said. Done.